Disclaimer. AFL players, coaches, and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. All right, this is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. This week, I'm here with Nash, coach of Fitty Shades of Robbie Gray. Now, Jaden is on holiday hiatus, a very well-earned holiday. You are the replacement for the week, mate. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your fantasy career? Well, I started playing AFL Fantasy back in 2010, but I haven't taken it seriously until 2018 and onwards. And my best finish since then was 2019 when I finished 134th. Mate, that is solid. Didn't you have a bit of bad luck in the last round as well? I did. I was choosing between Jeremy Cameron and Dustin Martin, if I recall. And Jeremy Cameron kicked 10 to win the Coleman. And I'm pretty sure Dusty scored like 50 or 60. And I missed out on a hat. Mate, that that massive bag from Jazz won someone a car as well. Yeah. That year. Could have won me a hat, but it didn't, so... Flat, mate. I remember the year well, because I finished about 300th as well, like just outside. And since then, I haven't been able to recreate the magic, mate, but pray. I pray every day. We'll get there one day. We will, mate. All right, let's get into some scores and rank. All right, mate, what did you score this week? This week, I scored 2,420. Mate, solid. Solid. And how's the rank looking? It's it's gone back 600 spots, but it's still sitting pretty at 7,033rd. You've got me this year. You're actually ranked the highest in our league this year, which is bragging rights to you, mate. This week, I scored 25-22. Massive bounce back for the subs. It was my highest score of the year. My rank is 8,992. It just feels good, man. It really does. It feels good to finally have a good week after the buyers being done. It's done and dusted, and we're, we're on the home straight. Oh, mate, you're on the right track. You're absolutely killing it. 25 is a massive fantasy score any week. It's a good time, mate. Someone in our league scored like 26.50 or something this week. Yeah, I know. I was versing him. It wasn't very nice. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> that's unfortunate. Mate. All right. Why don't you tell us about your hog for this week, mate? Who have you got? My hog this week is none other than Ben Keys. It's his first game in my team this week, and he scored 132. He kicked two goals, two, 29 touches. And the man has an absolute peace on him. <laughs> he's, he's a beautiful man, mate. Oh, he is. As if you brought him in this week as well. Yeah, I did. I had to. I had to jump on before it was too late. I tell you what, it might be a good time for our Ben Keys check-in. It's funny because you've said most of the stats, but the one thing that I want to add is that Bubba Yaga only had the one CBA. Yes, I did. I did flag that myself. It is a bit worrying. Luckily, he did play North Melbourne, so his score reflected a good one. But I am a little bit worried coming in the coming weeks that that could be an issue but until it's an issue it's not so mate i'm a lot bit worried to be honest yeah they just their draw doesn't open up a whole lot north is kind of like the easiest team that you get to play so i mean the score is great but it's just it's a mass massive monitor situation yes definitely and you also you can hide him in your forward line a little bit there so it does feel good he's in my f6 at the moment we call him baba yaga All right, my hog this week, none other than the big bad Brad Crouch Ooh. for his 137C. I know you wrote it with me. 
I it, did. It was a phenomenal watch, to be honest. I did the research because I've had issues with my captains all year. It's been a bit of a struggle, as the listeners would know. But I did the research, put in the hours, found out that Brad Crouch had his career high against West Coast last year with a 147, backs it up with a 137, and he was just everywhere, mate. It felt like he was going to break the record for tackles at one point. Oh, mate, we were on tackle watch. We, we were. He, I think he had 17 like early in the last quarter. He was everywhere. He was hugging everyone left, right, and center. It was beautiful stuff. All right, who was your flog this week, mate? Boom. My flog this week was DC, Darcy Cameron, second week of my team. He's got a 58 up at Gold Coast, a 78-point win, and he only ma- managed to score 58. It's unacceptable. One mark, zero tackles. Yeah. Right. Zero tackles from a ruck. That's just oh. not what you want to see, mate. I think I sort of was scared coming. I ended up benching him this week, but... Yeah, I thought Wicks, Wits might get the better of him in the ruck there. Like you could sort of see, he, he doesn't post great numbers against like big dominant tap ruckmen. So it, in a way, I saw it coming. But yeah, just frustrating from DC, mate. Yeah, I definitely didn't expect him to win the hit out battle, but zero one mark and zero tackles. Like, come on, mate. Get you can at least get to like an eighty with five and five. Like a bit of effort wouldn't yeah. hurt. Yeah, sure, effort, <laughs> mate. That's what it's about. <laughs> it's all about effort in the ruck. Exactly. All right, my vlog this week. This man has just been disappointing all year, to be honest. Rory Laird, 85, mate. It's just not good enough. I had strongly considered the VC for him. End up going with Timmy too, who could also be a flog. But against North, like, what are you doing, mate? Ben Keys, one CBA, sorry, one CBA, drops a 130. Rory Laird in the rotation in the midfield the whole game, 85. Gross, mate. What are you doing? Seriously, lad. It's, it, it, the more I think about it, it annoys me. Oh, <laughs> mate, it's horrible. He would have been my hot bake if I kept the captaincy on him. I took it oh. off him about five minutes before the game to ride Crouch with you. And if he, if he dumped up that 85, I would have been fuming. Yeah. Mate, like you've got Dawson there who's basically a little piglet. Keys, who's oh. just a filthy man for the pill. And Laird's just, oh, I don't know. I don't even know what to say anymore. It's just frustrating. It's upsetting. <laughs> All right, mate. Let's get into some hot... Bakes. Hot Bakes. All right, Hot Bakes. Nash, what have you got for your first Hot Bake as a Cousins Pod member? Well, my first Hot Bake is actually for you, Keeves. It's me? It's for you. What do you mean? Yes, yes, it's for you. I've come in hot. It's Mate, from- very bold from you to come on the pod for the first time and give Keeves a bake. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. To be fair, it is also from... Jaden, so so Jados thinks he can take a week off. Yes. No, you get into it, yeah, mate. Yeah, no. Nah, so you've been you're getting this hot bake for flagging Ollie Wines as an option, and then oh, he comes out and he drops fair. a thirty six. Yeah, look. What do you have to say? Oh, look, mate. To be honest, not a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. He I, he almost had more centre bounce attendances than touches. That's a stat. Yeah, he had twelve centre bounce attendances and he had thirteen touches, zero marks, and two tackles. Well, I guess that kind of wraps up our nincompoop check and we've kind of just, we've covered it already, mate. Augustus Gloop, Augustus Gloop, the great bakery nincompoop. Yeah, look, he was a nincompoop this week. You know what else he did? He cost me my multi, mate, which I'm not very happy about. That's more upsetting. Yeah, look, it is, to be honest. So the hot bake's for Ollie Wines now. Yeah. Let's just be real. Yeah, Ollie Wines is hot bake, not me. Yeah, Ollie. Also, Jados, I'm going to return serve at Jados on the pod here. You can't have a week hiatus, mate. Go on holiday with your miso and then hot bake keeps from afar. It doesn't work like that, mate. You hot bake me in person or you don't hot bake me at all, right? So hot bake for Jados for being a flake <laughs> to the pod. 
Jados, I just wanted to know that let you know that I have your back here with the hot bake. But just one more <laughs> last thing I want to say about Ollie Wines. If anyone was considering him as an option, he only had two touches in the back 50 and one inside the offensive 50. So for me, it looks like he's not running to get the ball. He's just sticking yeah, in that midfield area. Mate, that's a, that is a fantastic stat. Yeah. That's weird, man. Yeah. So what, do you reckon that's just like a port game style thing? Or do you think he's unfit or like... Because pre-buy, I thought that like maybe he was carrying an injury or something and then yeah. the week off would kind of help him get back to health. And that was why I recommended him as an option. <laughs> well, I actually thought Ollie was building myself, but seeing that game and then seeing him just stick around the midfield, it, it's either he's, it's the game style is unfit and either way, it's a, it's a red flag. You don't want to jump on. Mate, it is. Yeah, it's certainly a weird one. All right, now, my hot bake. Category B, Shawnee and Sam. They're, it's a great podcast. It's a great podcast for draft players. Any of our listeners who play draft and are looking for some more niche content, they want to hear about some, I guess, more unheralded players that don't get discussed on most podcasts, go and check them out because Category B, just a great pod. But the two lads have stepped over the line this week. They've warned us, the cousins, to steer clear of their boy Rob, the baby giraffe. Lads, just because you have an intro from the great man does not mean that he's yours alone. There's enough Rob for all of us. We do a weekly Rob check-in and you boys don't release content for 10 weeks at a time. I don't walk out on the miss over 10 weeks and then come home expecting a hot bath and a home-cooked meal. I wouldn't even make it past the front door before getting absolutely shirt-fronted into oblivion, boys. If there's one thing we know, it's that the big fella loves consistency. He doesn't miss games. He wouldn't want his favorite pod to go missing off the face of the earth for months at a time. So lads, we can share Rob. But he needs someone to be there for him on a weekly basis. That's where the cousins come in. There you go. Hot bake for the Category B, lads. Nah, look, on a serious note, congratulations, Sam, on the new baby. That was the reason for the time off. We love the pod. And listeners who who play draft, go and check him out because it's solid. But don't mess around, lads. Yeah, Rob is also our boy. Yeah, he's the cousin's boy as well. So just step off, lads. (laughs) All right, moving on. Let's get into GBU, the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Nash, who is your good? My good this week is Connor Rosie, and he's 145. Connor was awesome on the weekend. Three goals, 23 touches, nine tackles, nine marks. And before the weekend, he only averaged 92 at the G. It was only two games, but for him to come up, and get 145, that is, is just an awesome performance. Man, that's crazy. That's yeah, He's put massive points on that average. I'm also a Conor Rosie owner. Feels good. All right, my good this week, Nick Dacos. <laughs> it's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a ride not having Nick in my team, mate. <laughs> it's been a long season, to be honest. I finally got him in this week. I want to cry because it makes me so happy. I finally got him in this week after not owning him for the whole season. And he drops a 150, mate. I couldn't believe it. It just, it felt so good. I felt it in my soul. Every point that he scored, it was just like, just winning the lottery every single time. It was amazing, mate. I didn't know you got him in this week. That is a massive first game from Nick Dacos for you. You must feel feel good. I do, mate. Don't you worry about that. It's it's been a rough year to date, though. Watching him drop 140s and 130s. The start was the worst part, mate. Oh, all right. PTSD. Let's, (laughs) Let's move on. Who was your bad this week? My bad was our boy, unfortunately, Briggsy, with his 59. Yeah. Even though he had the most hitouts for the game with 20, he scored negative three in the last quarter with two stupid free kicks. 
and it, it was it was horrible to watch. We watched it together, and we did, mate. Oh, mate. Oh, it just it sucked because Timmy dropped Timmy English dropped his one hundred eight. You don't have Tim English, do you? No, I just, don't. Just, all right, just just had to confirm. He dropped his 108, and I was like, Briggsy could beat that this week. He's been close to it. At least, surely he'll drop a 90. We knew he had the hard ruck matchup, but yeah, 58 or 59, sorry. It's just not good. Yeah, we expect more. In the wet as well, He he's such a tough man. He tackles, he goes hard. And for him to rock up and just score 59 with a negative three last quarter, it's just... It's not it, solid. It hurts. Mate, when when the game started, there was like one one CBA early where he, so not not CBA sorry stoppage. He ran into Gorn and just like absolutely out muscled him. And I was like, Briggs is the strongest man in the world. I thought he was on, but it was not to be, mate. All right, my bad this week. I can't really say too much about this because this guy's been awesome all year. But Tim Taranto for his eighty. A lot of people rolled with him as their VC on Thursday, and it just wasn't quite up to standard, especially for a guy who's turned up in every game until now and is averaging, well, was averaging 124.7, I believe. Just a little bit disappointing from Timmy T this week. Yeah, everyone would have had him as his VC this week, and yeah, very, very disappointing. Very disappointing game, really, for fantasy, wasn't it? It was, mate. Bad start to the week. The game was bad. The game was just bad in general. It was very bad. (laughs) All right, who's your ugly, mate? Oh, my ugly, same game, was Dunkley being subbed with a corked calf. As someone who plays football, being subbed with a corked calf, that is pretty dismal, (laughs) I must say. It's also an ugly on Fags for subbing him. I heard there's a quote that Fags reckons that Dunks didn't want to come off. Mate, just don't come off with a corked yeah, calf. Just don't. Stay stay out there. That's all you got to do. Just don't come to the bench. So just stay out there. I guess the ugly is directed at Chris Fagan then. Yeah, it is. And Dunkley for accepting the sub. <laughs> Except, yeah. <laughs> just run back out there, mate. What yeah. are you doing? Seriously. All right, my ugly this week. Bailey Smith, mate. 51 he scored. 51. This just continues a very poor run of form from Baz. It's basically a year-long trend out. I really thought he was going to be a top six forward or close to, and he's just not even close to the mark. Mate, that was an absolute bullet I dodged. I was yeah. very strongly considering getting him in. I think I had an injury, had to miss him, and I, I'm very grateful yeah, for yeah. that. <laughs> I, tra- I traded him out last week, so I've dodged one here, but just generally a poor season from Baz. You'd think he'll bounce back at some stage because... Oh, he has to. He's so young. Like, he's in the same draft as Andy Brayshaw, and, like, the start of their career, it sort of seemed like they were on par, but Andy's just flown by him now. Year after, Andy. Sorry, not the same year. Maybe he just needs to go out on weekends and let his hair down a just little bit Just let his hair down a bit. Like maybe just, just trying to have some fun out there, Bailey. Like he used to, surely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that wraps up the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now it's time for Knights of the Round Table. We're Knights of the Round Table. We dance where we're able. We do routines and all the scenes of footwork in Ben Cable. All right, you know what it is. It's Knights of the Round Table. We discuss all the relevant issues from the weekend and for the rest of the season. It's a decent list this week, so I guess we'll try and run through it relatively quickly. But the first thing that we've got down here is primos are being subbed. It kind of ties into what you said about dunks. Um, It's kind of been a theme throughout the season that when teams are up by a bit, they're subbing out primos. Yeah, I guess there's not too much else to say, to be honest. It's just, I guess, caution if you if you have players coming up against West Coast mainly. Yeah, I'd, I'd be definitely worried, especially in the later rounds, especially for St. Kilda. Ross Lyon is known for dropping star players, like even just not playing them. 
But yes, with the sub rule, if they're playing West Coast or someone, they're up 60 plus in that third quarter. Not like today, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if it happens later in the year, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm not saying trade primos because of it, but maybe be wary of captaining primos later yeah, in the Yeah, for sure. For sure. That, yeah, that's that's what I would have said as well. But just be wary of your captains, your VCs. But I, I mean, I thought it was going to happen today. Luckily, West Coast was somewhat competitive. Pretty pretty surprisingly, actually. Um, but yeah, I think we all sort of thought that Marshall could be a solid chance to get sub this week or steal. Yeah, definitely steal. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something to look out for for the rest of the year. All right, the next thing we've got is the Dan Houston goal after the sign. Oh, mate, <laughs> it's not it's not really fantasy relevant. I mean, it is for draft, but how good was it, mate? Oh, right, mate, when he took that mark and he took it upon himself to go back and not put it top of the square. I thought to myself, there's no way, end of the game, yeah. in the wet, he's launching it from 55 without playing on. He kicked it, and I was I had, I had, was lost for words. Yeah, same. I did not think that he had the legs on him. Oh. I, like, I, know, I know Dan Houston's got a leg, but yeah, outside 50, in the wet, after the siren, it's just it's oh. as good as a goal. Mate, I was man. up and about. I, I would have no idea how Harry was. For Harry and his Mrs. K, I hope the household wasn't too loud. Harry probably screaming the roof off. Yeah, mate, Harry, he is a Port supporter. We've talked about him a lot on the pod, actually. He's Wine's biggest fan. Which oh, is, we don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. yeah he's, still, he's still trying to defend him after he's 36. <laughs> yeah, I just, just, it's just indefensible, to be honest. Yeah. All right, there's a couple of primos that I wanted to get your thoughts on, Nash. Yep. Humor Gluggage is the first one. He's seemingly finding form. Where do you see him for the rest of the year? I like McGluggage. Like his last three and his last five are pretty similar with like 94 and 95 averages. And he's done in the last couple of years 100 and 102. So he's got the runs on the board. His ownership is 0.7. So if you're a pod chaser, similar to like how we said our friend Harry, uh, I actually don't mind it. If you if you want to get someone cheap, you can't afford the big dogs and you're, you're strapped for cash. I don't I don't mind the, the idea of McGluggage. McGluggage has the runs on the board, like I said, and he's... He's got West Coast and Hawthorne coming up in his next three. That's a juicy one. I just can't say no. If someone wants to get him in, I can't. I couldn't. Couldn't say no. Yeah, I've been pretty big on him for most of the year. Or oh, sorry, not most of the year, but I guess the back sort of half. Like I, I flagged him as a bold prediction. I, I thought he'd go back to close to the hundred mark for the rest of the year. The only he, thing he's I, doing it at the moment. The so. only thing I don't like about him is he hasn't. He didn't turn up until round ten, which does scare me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but out. that was bad. He was in our in our little ton run list that we've got. But he's proven. Two have runs on the board, so yeah. you can launch into him if you have faith. Yeah, those those numbers as well. So he's averaging 97.8 if you take out that injury he had against the Hawks. But in that game, that was a game that Sicily got suspended for just absolutely brain rattling him. <laughs> um, but, I mean, even in that game, McGluggage was dominating. So I think his form is his back I think to, he's turned it around. Yeah, normal. And 755K, like, you could do so much worse. All right, the next player is... Timmy T, it's not, I mean, we all know Timmy T is like probably the number one player this year. Well, he is on, on average and probably still will be. But with his high B now, do you reckon that you could possibly look at like a quick cash grab, like jumping off him for a couple of weeks and then maybe trying to jump back on if he if he goes down in price? I was looking at him with his break even of 155. I can understand why you'd want to do a jump off like he did with, with Tim English. But I had a look and he also has West Coast and Hawks coming up so yeah, you just geez. you just have to jump on and you have to oh, not jump on you have to hold it's in, it's, you just can't not yeah. it, it is interesting I feel like Timmy could possibly be one of those primos that maybe gets subbed out at some stage like if Richmond's really dominating a game because he's he's been in and under all year like you know smashing into bodies in the midfield like you know he, he's probably got a lot of miles on his legs just from this year alone so I think 
yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard question, really. I, I, I think he, you possibly could jump off him for, yeah, a couple of weeks and then maybe jump back on. Maybe, maybe if Richmond were in the top eight and then they could rest him if he was really sore, but because they're still trying to fight to get in the eight, I think it, they're... Their season's kind of over, but they have that new coach, so they're just gonna. I reckon they're just gonna play the boys. So I reckon if he's really sore, he might miss a week rather than getting subbed. But knowing Timmy, young boy, inside mid first year, he wants to prove that he's the man there. I reckon he's, he's still young too. Yeah, he's just he's just gonna play out the year, and he's gonna he's just gonna be the number one forward. He's probably fine. Richmond are also only two wins outside the eight, so like, even though you know their season is likely over, they could possibly jump back in there and I yeah. guess you want those guys on your park to boost your percentage as yeah, the year goes on definitely not going to get there without Timmy T that's for sure yeah um, Gus Sheldrick mate I wanted to talk about him Oh, what man. a beautiful man almost my hog of the week yeah just 93 he scored I love the man so much the way he goes about it like he's so impactful with the ball he's just a stud what do you think he could average for the rest of the year so that's a tricky one. There was no Warner on the weekend, which did help his score. Yeah, that's the big. That's did, the big one. He did score a big against West Coast, which is easy to score against. But if he keeps getting CBAs, he could score eighty plus. He is so good at football. Yeah, he's an absolute beast, mate. Yeah, it's an interesting one because last week against West Coast, he was like really high in that CBA mix. Then he got leapfrogged by Mills this week. So I'm not sure if Warner coming back in just pushes him like fully out and then I guess he's on a half forward or like maybe spends a bit of time on the wing. Um, but yeah, if he stays in that mix, man, he, he could just be awesome. Yeah, if Mills comes back, Warner comes back and he's pushed back to the forward line and his tog goes low, then I would either, if he's on your field, I'd push him to the bench or I'd look to trade. But if he's keeping those CBAs, he's proven what he can do. So I'd hold. Yeah, what's his BA at? I know it's super low. It was like... Oh, mate, it'd be tiny. Let's have a look just quickly on the pod. It is negative 23. <sighs> So, yeah, he could still fly up yeah. so much in price. Yeah, worst case, worst case, he, you just keep him there and he just builds cash and cash and cash. And then yeah. when he when he tops out, you can just trade him. What a start. He's the best guy in the AFL. For sure, mate. All right, Darcy Parrish, what are your thoughts? Oh, I love Darcy Parrish. He's so hungry for the footy and he's a genuine option. He, I, I'm a little bit worried coming off an injury. I don't like to jump on players who've just come back from an injury, but he has the runs on the board. He, it's literally Darcy Parrish. It, it is, man. If there's a medal on the line, get him in. Yeah, if yeah, he's the medal. Bet on him. Do everything. Just you everything can. you can. Yeah. Put your house on him. He's gonna have forty. He loves it. He loves a medal. Also, just quickly, Jimmy tried to tell me that Darcy Parrish wasn't an Uber Primo this week. Cop that, Jimmy. That's a hot bag. There's your one twenty five, mate. <laughs> I don't think Jimmy's going to be very happy with me. I've been giving him a lot <laughs> on the board lately. All right, next player, Fiorini. Now, I guess the, he was third in the CBA mix this week, Fiorini. Last week, I think he was first, first or second. So he's like firmly entrenched in the mix. I know Jados was keen on him. Most of us have traded him out, except you, actually. You're still a Fiorini. Great right hold. Yeah, look. Planned. Yeah, <laughs> planned. You knew it was coming, mate. Oh, mate. I, was, I literally... Went up there and I spoke to the boys and they said, keep Theo. And I was like, mate, I'll do it. Uh, yeah. I'll do it. Done. So, all right. So where do you see him for the rest of the year? Like as an owner, are you going to continue to hold or? I will hold for as long as he gets CBAs and he's scoring well. As soon, I'm a little bit worried about Miller coming back in the next week or two. If that pumps him out to the wing again. And he's, if he starts scoring those 60s or 30s even, I'm jumping off really quickly. But now he's put two solid games together. He could be that fourth midfielder in that mix. So if he's still if he's still sitting in there and he's still scoring above eighty five, until he's my worst scoring player, he's going to be my M eight. Yeah, it makes sense. I think you could roll with him for a while. To be honest, do, could, do you reckon you could trade him in? 
Like, could he be a trade target for some teams? He's still super cheap. If you had, if you were strapped for cash and you had very limited money in that mid roll and you were getting a rookie up, I, I could look at you to do it. But with Miller coming back, with I saw he's like a week away. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, that's the only thing. I'd watch Miller. And then maybe if you were going to get him and Miller's back in the next week, just hold a week because he's still so cheap, like you said. But yeah, I probably wouldn't. If you've got him, hold him. If you don't have him, I'd probably look to get maybe like Keys or someone better. Yeah, he's probably, yeah. Uh, he's, I would say the cheapest option that you could consider this week. But yeah, I don't think he's really going to be in that mix for too long. Um, DC was the next one. I guess we kind of touched on him. Do you think... Where do you see him for the rest of the year? That's probably a good question. Because, I mean, yeah, he fell off pretty significantly this week. His numbers are solid year long, but yeah, where do you see him for the rest of the year? Do you think he could be in that sort of top six forward mix or just outside? Or I think he's on the fringe. I think if, he's, if he gets a few games together where he's absolutely killing it and he gets a roll on, I think he can. But sharing that ruck roll with Cox, if he goes forward and he's just not getting... If he does what he did this weekend where he's just not getting... a one mark and zero tackles. Like you can't do that and be a top six forward. But if, yeah, I, if, I, if I had him, I'd hold. I definitely am going to hold him for at least the next couple of weeks. But if he comes, if he starts pumping out a few of these, then he's definitely not going to be a top six, and it's time to jump off. Yeah, I think I sort of see him. Me, me and Janus discussed last week. We sort of see him just outside that mix. Not a lot of those top six guys are really capable of dropping fifties. So yeah, I, I think if he's you know, one of your, I guess, worst players, then you could you could look to move him on because yeah, I don't think he's going to make his way into that mix. He's currently in my trade plans, but I, I guess we'll touch on that in a bit. We will. Callum Mills is the other one. What's your thoughts on Millsy? His tog went up this week. CBA's went up this week. It's hard, I guess, to to tell if that was because of Warner missing or yeah. Mills is a massive watch for me coming in. He's only what is he? He's 685k. I am a little yeah, bit cheap. worried with bringing him in earlier in the year for a three and then subbed out. Mate, that but was you just could put crap. that behind you could put that behind you if it did happen. Like like you said, most CBAs without Warner, but it's Callum Mills. He when he's inside mid, he's an uber primo. Yeah, I think that's sort of one of the keys of fantasy is just being able to forget about oh. <laughs> the the scars that you've accrued over the years. Yeah, that three was horrible, but you know, I, I think we know what Mills is. He's a primo mid, and if he's getting the role, then he's going to be a beast. Paddy Cripps is another one on our list here. Jados actually brought him in this week, so kudos to you, Jados. That's the only compliment that you're going to get all pod. <laughs> um, I like you, man. I know you're not a massive fan of Cripps, but I guess explain. What are your concerns with, with Cripps? The one thing I do love about Cripps that I will say is... He is their man inside. He gets the most CBAs. He's their bull. But like, like he's only just come back to form. His last three, he's only averaging 82. He scored 91 against Hawthorne. Like, you, you expect a lot more from Uber Primo. Yeah, you would have you would have ex- expected a bit more. He, he's on the rise now. I like... He looked really good. That's the thing. He slowed down, which is... So I guess not not really massive kudos to Jados because <laughs> he didn't score super well. But. <laughs> the one good thing about Cripps is he's only like 680K, but... To me personally, this late in the year, when you're trying to get your team to uber primos, I think if you're going to get someone, you want them to be like Mills, I can see going massive. Where Cripps, I just don't think he's Brownlow Cripps. Yeah, he's he's probably not going to get his, his way into that top eight mid-mix. 
You, you hit the nail on the head, really. I, most players that you're trading in at this point, you kind of want to be in your team for the rest of the year. Yeah. You don't necessarily want to trade in a guy who could average 95 when you've got, you know, there's like Andy Brayshaw and Bond and all these other guys yeah, who can it. do 110 plus. Um, that's the end of our player chat. We've got a couple more things for the Knights of the Roundtable. First thing I wanted to flag just quickly is that DPPs are coming next week. Um, it's annoying that the DPP data isn't public. Like, yeah, it's because frustrating. yeah, it'd be good to know who's who's close. But I think you've got a couple on your list there who might be close to. Yes, I did see one of the boys on Twitter release that Sam Walsh. I'm pretty sure is like one percent before the game on the weekend was one percent away from being forward. I think he did play a lot more on the wing and inside mid this weekend, so that doesn't help him. But if he has a big game next week, he plays that high half forward role, pushing into stoppages. He could get it, which as an owner would make me so happy because he's been very frustrated yeah. <laughs> since I brought him in. Yeah, and the other one is Max Gorn's watch, obviously with that swap with Brody Grundy. If he gets it. I think everyone's very interested in that. Mate, that would just be so nice for draft, to be honest. I've, I've had Maxi <laughs> sitting on my draft bench because I drafted Nank this year and he's just wasting away there, mate. Yeah. That's, yeah. It would be nice. It would be nice. All right. Last thing I wanted to talk about for our Knights of the Roundtable discussion is just a quick trade chat. Um, what are your plans at this stage, mate? My plans this week are probably to offload Fife and Hobbs. Fife hurts me. I did expect a lot more from Fife. I did get him in from a red dot from Ollie Dempsey, so it wasn't a horrible trade. He's made cash. He's done everything I needed to, but it is, especially with now, he's had the same foot. He's come up sore. They're not sure if he's going to miss. Yeah, so if he did bring in Fife, concern. I would watch that. If not, just jump off. You don't want to play games with Fife and injuries. Yeah, how much has he gone up? It feels like he hasn't really risen a whole lot. No, what, it like hasn't. 50K? Yeah. Or? He's only just been getting his break every week. Yeah, under 50K. It's yeah. pretty disappointing because I... Apologies to the listeners because I, <laughs> I was pretty keen on Fife. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, especially after that Richmond game where he scored that 80. Like He looked like he's... 17 he's, touches in a snag, oh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. As a lover, it does hurt. But I've gone, I've gone Fife and Hobbs out and I brought in Hewitt. And at the moment, I brought in Zach Butters. But that Butters could be Petrarca, could be Sarong. It could be a few boys. It's it's too early to say on a, on a Sunday night. But yeah, it I've is got bit, options, which makes me happy. Mate, it's, yeah. it's an interesting that you would consider Butters over the like real big dog Uber Primo mids. Do you, do you sort of see him around that, that level? It's just from watching him. Watching him... The last, what, like, since round three, being one of the highest rated players in the game, he looks above most players on the ground. He goes so hard at the footy. He sprints. He'll give 100% every contest, and he affects it. He gets touches. He kicks goals. He gets... He does... He impacts a game. So, it's... it's. I just... This, me visually seeing him, I'm <laughs> like, you are better than almost every player. I keep, I keep waiting for him to, like, snap an ankle or something. That scares me. Such man. a small man, oh. but he goes hard, doesn't he? He goes almost too hard that he is... <laughs> Almost going to get injured, and that's the only thing. That's the flag I have for Butters is injuries. But you can't predict injuries. You can't not pick someone because of injuries. As hard as it is, Jados tried to predict an injury a couple of weeks ago <laughs> for Butters, which was funny content, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he he is a beast. He's having a fantastic year. I know he's had that one like massive score, but I don't really see his ceiling at being as high as those other guys. I, I don't know. I think I'm sort of still hanging on to my scars of last year as an owner. Um. All right, this week, my trades, it's kind of a hard one because it's the f- one of the first weeks I can really bring in any player. I'm looking at Andy Brayshaw. He's kind of the main one. Um, I also have to choose who to trade out between Briggs and DC. Yeah, that's a bit of a tough one. I currently got Briggs out to Andy Brayshaw. 
Why, why Briggs over DC, just for our listeners? Literally just for the matchup this week. So the Hawks, who Briggs have, are actually a pretty hard team for Rucks to score on. And um, DC has English, who actually is the easiest Ruckman to score on, believe it or not. So, you know, I think DC could get close to 100 this week where it's so hard to, to predict what Briggs is going to be now. Like, yeah. he started so well. This has been his first bad game for the year, but, and it, you know, it was against Melbourne in the wet. So there's a lot of excuses, but I could easily see it sort of being a, a, a regular occurrence for Briggs from this point on. Yeah, definitely. I think if you did bring Briggs in, you couldn't have been expecting him to match Tim English no, no, or no Rowan Marshall. And if you did, this is this, the curve you need to learn. But he's definitely a bridge to get you to one of those if you don't have them. So I don't mind holding him if you do because his break-even still won't be massive. Oh, it's 95. It's a lot bigger than I thought. That's not great. But if you can hold him for a couple of weeks and then trade trade down and you can get him to English, even this week, get him to English or Rowan Marshall, it's a great trade. Yeah, for sure. English would be the one. And I mean, when I traded... English two Briggs, it netted me 400k. That gap has closed significantly. It's only what just over 200 now. So, and it got you Brad Crouch. It did, mate, and, and he, that's come through big time for you. He's been amazing. He's been amazing. Um, yeah, Briggsy's done his job. Shout out to Briggsy, even though I, I did give him a bit of a bake earlier. Um, he's just been he's just been fantastic to own, and he's just a fun player to watch. But yeah, I'm looking at trading him out this week, and then my other trade is just like a little rookie downgrade to to clear up some money. It's just annoying because there's not really any rookies sort of screaming out at the moment. Like, yeah, it's hard. It's a, it's a very it's very limited down there. Yeah, like like you, I've got Hewitt in my team as well at the moment. I think he's probably the best option, but he's getting well. He's two sixty nine k, so he's kind of like you got to jump on now if you're going to jump on. And even then, he's still getting, it. Just doesn't feel good, does nah, it? It doesn't. Like for what he's been scoring, I think this was possibly his highest score of the year, and he dropped it what a sixty five. So. Yeah. And he kicked some goals to do it, which West Coast yeah. aren't going to kick many goals for the rest of the year, you wouldn't think. Certainly not against Brisbane at the Gabba this week. Man. Yeah, that's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, he, he could drop like a 20 or a 10 this week and then just completely yeah. stunt his cash gen. So, But, you know, I, I'm still there's still enough of the season left that I'm keen to bring in green dots. Yeah, and, you need to get green dots. It's too hard to predict. You can't bring in people. Like, people brought in Fahey weeks and weeks and weeks before he got his gig. And then he yeah. was sub, and then he's still 200K and he's not playing. You have to get green dots. Yeah, that's it. And I guess the bonus with you know bringing in a guy like Hewitt, even if he gets dropped or injured or you know his scoring dries up, then he still has like a little bit of money on his head that you can. And then by then, there's hopefully someone who's come through, and there's there's got to be there's got to be some people making their debut. There has to be. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There, there there certainly will be later in the year. You'd think like West Coast, North teams like that that are. Oh, in, there'll be injuries. There'll be people out of form. It happens every year. There's always people making their debut. All right, just lastly, I wanted to talk about Shees, Harry Sheasel. Where do you see him for the rest of the year? It kind of looks like he could just be in that top six defender mix, mate. Yeah, definitely. I think he is a hold without Hall. I think that's one of the things you have to flag. Like I think you brought up a couple of weeks ago, without Hall, he averages like 106, 107. And then the last two weeks, he's like, like this weekend, he's got 106. Like yeah. he is amazing. He's north. He's a young player at North Melbourne. He's not. His role's not going to change. He is the future. Without Hall, I wouldn't trade him unless a form slump happens. He might. He might get really sore towards the end of the year. He is young, but without seeing that, you got to hold on to him. Yeah, he's so dynamic, mate. He just. He looks fantastic with the ball, and the scoring is there. I think I sort of on the cousins Twitter page did speak to a couple of people that were considering him over the week, and I said, look, yeah, I, I think he's close to top six for the rest of the year. So you could do it. And I mean, based on that, he's actually underpriced at, you know, around that 750K mark. So I love it. I'm a fan.
It is time for the Rob check-in. Riley O'Brien, this year, the big, beautiful man, scored a 133. I just realized I said this year. That's a bit funny. <laughs> he also kicked two goals, one, had 52 hit-outs, and he dominated Goldie so hard that they had to sub him off. Yeah, it's a little bit embarrassing for Goldie, isn't it? <laughs> he just, just absolutely minced him. There you go, Rob, the big man. Okay, now that the Rob check-in is done, it's time to move on to the Cousins' crystal ball. <laughs> He will return tonight. Sorry. Okay, you know what it is. It's the cousin's crystal ball. I gotta tell you, mate, the sting gets me every time. <laughs> um, okay, so last week I said that Angus Sheldrick would average 85 for the rest of the year. Mate, that, it was actually a phenomenal start to that. He had a great game. But big man has not let you down. He has not so far. And Jados said that Titch would be a top eight mid for the rest of the year. Not the greatest game from Titch. He wasn't bad, but didn't didn't do a whole lot to uh, reinforce that that thinking. This week, Nash, you are going to do a, a bold prediction as well, but it's going to count for Jados for the rest of the year. So whatever you say is attached to Jados for the rest of the year. What have you got, mate? I well, hope I hope you stitched him up. To be honest, <laughs> well, no, Jados. I think I've got you back here. My Crystal ball prediction is Andy Brayshaw is going to be the highest averaging mid by season end. If not, at the very, very least, top three, but I'm standing by the highest averaging mid. The highest averaging mid. Yeah. He's going to go massive from here to the end and he's going to he's going to climb his way to the top. All right, I'll I'll give you that. That that is pretty bold. Do you have a number for me? I want you to put a number on it. What, number one. Yeah, number one, <laughs> but what, what is he gonna average? Tell me, tell me that. What, what Do you want me to tell you what he will average? He will average. What's he gonna average the above? Averaging is 121.7, which is Toronto. Toronto right now, yeah. Yeah. So he's going to average 122. 22. You yeah. reckon he's going above him? Yeah. He's go, he's going to the No, he's going number one. I back in my boy Andy. I brought him in. He's not disappointed me since I brought him in. He has a few games at Optus. He loves Optus Stadium. He has a West Coast coming up. All right. There's no Jackson Nelson for the tag this year, boys. <laughs> Jackson Nelson, the, the wizard. Man. Oh, shame he's not there to put the absolute clamps on it. Just to be annoying. He's just annoying. He doesn't do anything. He's yeah. just annoying. Look, yeah, look. <laughs> That's funny. Look, I never would have thought that Jackson Nelson would make his way onto the pod, but here we are, mate. He's not even in the AFL anymore. Yeah. Shout out, Jackson Nelson. <laughs> yeah, shout out, mate. Okay, love it. So just, just to be clear, for the rest of the year, you think he's going to be... Number one. So not like overall, but just like from this point until the end of the year. Yeah, he's, he's going to be number one. Nice. Okay. All right, mate. I love it. That is a bold prediction. Jados, I reckon he's going to like that, to be honest. He's yeah. an Andy fan. All right. I am going to say this week, my bold prediction is that Laird is going to bounce back with a 135 plus score this week against the Bombers. So was disappointing against North. I think he bounces back and drops a captain, a captain level score. How's that for you, mate? Is that a bold prediction? Do you like it? I don't mind it. I think he could have been a little bit bolder. Just like one game, bounce back from an Uber Primo. It is late. He has been a little bit in a form slump. Well, not massively, but like he's just been a little bit under what we expect. Look, 145 is a big score. I'll no, give you that. 145 is a pretty big pretty big prediction. Look, I did say 35, but now that you've... Oh, you've, you said 40. You've oh, mixed it uh, up. You said, now you have to go with it. 45, okay. 140, now it's bold. All right, you forced me into it. Yeah. 145 led this week against the Dons. Also, just want to remind the listeners, I don't know if I even stand by this anymore, to be honest, but a couple of months ago, <laughs> I called that Wine's first ton would come this week. So, like, look, his form leading is not great, the nincompoop, but 
It's all right. You're only 64 points off. So no, like, no, this week. Oh, it's coming. coming yeah, coming. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll back you in. 7-8. So against GC, against GC, mate, I reckon th- this is the week. If he's, if he's going to do it any week, it is going to be this week. But do I back him in? No, I don't. No, look, to be honest, <laughs> neither. But Don't trade him in because we think he's going 100. But no, yeah, definitely, he's going 100. If you're listening, do not bring Ollie Wines into your team under any circumstances. But he's going to turn up this week. <laughs> okay. That wraps up the crystal ball. Now we are going to finish off with some fantasy proverbs. Fantasy proverbs. Okay, fantasy proverbs, you know what it is. It's time to to bring a little inspiration into the listeners' lives, into our lives. I want you to inspire me this week, Nation. I'm going to try and inspire you, mate. I think you will like mine. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. What have you got? So mine's from Ron Burgundy. And this, is, this is the right. quote. This is the quote. He Here says, oh, I could barely lift my right arm because I did so many. I don't know if you heard me counting. I did over a thousand. <laughs> Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. They'll and get you. Nats refers to Ben oh. Keyes coming up to the stoppages <laughs> and absolutely streaming forward trying to kick goals. Yes. You have to get the man in your team. <laughs> oh, yes. Mate, I love it. That is phenomenal stuff. Oh, that is just, that's a good mixing of people. <laughs> Keys and Burgundy. I love it, mate. Keys is the man. He is the man. I wish I was him, to be honest. Same. Uh, he's got it all. He's got the look. Oh, he's, got the, he's got the money. He does. He, he's, he's just, he's playing footy. He's killing it. And oh, mate, he's, he's what you want to be. Yeah, he, mate, he is. How good is it watching him just stream, <laughs> like absolutely bolt forward from he stoppages? He does, does not care about anything else in <laughs> the world. He's snags. like, we have the footy. I'm going now. Come with me, boys, if you can. They can't, though. They (laughs) They just can't keep up with him. Oh, what a stud, mate. That was fantastic. All right, I've got my proverb here. A little bit of inspiration from none other than The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and it's this. Success isn't always about greatness. It's about consistency. Consistent hard work leads to success. Greatness will then come. Now, this season has been a grind. It has been a grind for the Keebs. I'm sure it's been a grind for many of our listeners. Yourself, even, Nation. It's been a bit of a grind. But you stick to it and you be consistent. You do your trades. You set your captains. You do everything you can to stay in the fight. And this week, we all bounce back. It was a massive week all around. What did you score? 2-4? Yeah, 2-4. I scored 2-5. I'm sure many of our listeners did the same. What a fantastic week. You keep up the consistency. The greatness will come. It's just good. It's just good to have a bounce back week. That's it. You never quit. You never quit mid-season. Even, exactly, if, you, even if you start bad, you can always get it better. You grind. And I'll tell you what, it's honestly worth it just to see that one big score. It just it feels good. All the all the sleepless nights and the tears were worth it, mate. It's just good. It's a good bounce back. The bounce back's gonna continue this week. I'm sure of it. Alright. Just want to say before we wrap wrap up, thank you very much, Nash, for being a part of the Cousins Pod. No, co- thank, thanks for having me, boys. It's been great. The Cousins and Nash Pod. I think you guys can expect to see a bit more of Naish whenever Jados decides that he wants to be a dog and leave us to go on holiday again. Yeah, pretty poor from Jados to leave mid-season. Yeah. It is, it is, it is middle of the year, Jaden. You're better than that. Yeah. Cop that, Jados. Yeah, absolute, absolute dog. No. <laughs> um, yeah, Jados will be back next week in his customary role. He will be also, I'm sure he'll be editing as well. So that'll be that'll be good. Give Keebs a bit of a break from <laughs> making a fool of himself. <laughs> No, okay. You have been listening to the Cousins Pod. Again, thank you very much, Naish. Thank you for tuning in, listeners, and we will see you next week. Kids, your cousin.
Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin.